Hello everyone, welcome back to the 1894 podcast where we are all slightly more happy and slightly more enthusiastic because Bristol City have not only won but we've gone away to Millwall and won and we did it in quite convincing-ish manner. I don't know, the scoreline and the goal wouldn't suggest convincing but really, really uh, encouraging performance. Uh, I have Matisse with me, as always, uh, third podcast in a row. In a row. Um, how are you doing? I know you went to Millwall away. How was the, yeah. how the scenes in that way and at the end? Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, going to the Den, it was, it was always going to be a tough match every year going there. I mean, we drew nil-nil last year and going through to that like 90th minute, I was worried it was going to be the same. But no, I was, well, we both predicted a loss, um, and but we went in there. We thought it was going to be a hard game. No Alex Scott, of course, but we fought well. We were determined. I thought we played better and I thought we deserved it. And then just absolute limbs in the way. And as Matty James puts it away in front of us, it was great. No, and the I wouldn't have expected uh, Matty James to score that last minute winner either. But the starting 11, uh, the one I'd say contention, the real debate was a left back, whether it was Hayden Roberts or Campering. I I would have said Campering because he's got the championship experience and I wouldn't throw Hayden Roberts in at the deep end away at Millwall, you know, when they have, um, we have to note this as well, that when they have the extra motivation of, you know, the recent passing of their owner. So as all, I wouldn't have thrown Hayden Roberts in. I would have honestly maybe start, honestly, I'd start him against Birmingham. On, I think I think, yeah. it's, I think it's probably fair if he starts against Birmingham because he came on and did really well. But it was Max in goal, Tanner, Viner Dickey, who were unbelievable, by the way, campering at left back. It was Jason Knight, Joe Williams, and Matty James who scored the winner. It was Sam Bell off the left, uh, Naki Wells up top, and it was Mark Sykes on the right. So Harry Cornick on the bench. So in terms of your initial reactions, to the team, do you expect that? I'd say, I'd say I did. Yeah, I'd say yeah. It's probably fair. I think most of us expected that. Like you said, it was just that left back position which was questionable, but. It was a cup game that Hayden Roberts played. It was a League One side. I think Campering, um, after what he did last season, he was brilliant throughout the whole season um, that he deserved to start that game. Yeah, Viner, Dickey, that'll be the usual until Atkinson comes out, probably unless it's a cup match. Um, and then the middle three was fair as well. And then I think, yeah, Mark Sykes, it was pretty obvious how he came on in the second half in against Oxford. And then I think it was a deserved start for him. Yeah, and uh, we've scored uh, we've scored two goals so far, and both have been from Harry Cornick's long throw. Uh, that's the only reason he's going to start against uh, Birmingham now. But yeah. yeah, I thought Mark Sykes was Mark Sykes was okay. He didn't he wasn't particularly you know outstanding, but you can see the difference on the right when it's him and Harry Cornick. The difference is well, Mark Sykes is a bit more technically gifted. He's a bit more. Um, He's a bit more aware of the positioning and he's a bit more, you know, flexible in terms of tracking back and knows the positions really well. Well, Harry Cornick's a bit more uh, physical and that would have probably been a better suited to Millwall. Uh, so, again, I wasn't too I wasn't too um, worried or concerned that, you know, left back, it was fine. I'd, I'd have chose campering and off the right, I was, uh, I was fine as well. Uh, first half. It was eerily similar to Preston, in I would say. I, th- I think the game was played at faster tempo, but 
it was generally quite quite similar to Preston in terms of not many chances. It was quite cagey. Uh, you were there. Uh, what what yeah. would you say? Well, yeah, I thought it was similar as well. I think, yeah, like you said, a higher tempo, a few more chances. There was a lot of shots in the game uh, through the 90 minutes. And I thought there were some chances created. Um, no, that was in the second half. But, yeah, there, there was a, a couple shots on target. I remember Naki it floated into the box and Naki had chance. I think I saw another side, but it was like there was like bodies on the line blocking. It was kind of a mess over there. But, yeah, a few chances here and there. I thought we controlled... The game pretty well we kept possession a bit more and played around a bit patient i thought we could create a, i thought we could have created a few more chances but um overall a decent first half i thought we looked strong against obviously a very loud crowd the mill fans were quite loud i thought we were great as well the atmosphere was good but um i think overall a decent first half um a, a close a close close 45 minutes then yeah it was um I would I would say we were the better side, uh, to be honest. I'd say we were we created more chances and just generally looked more threatening on the counter attack. Uh, in the first half, I think we had I think we had uh, more possession than Millwall as well, which is obviously uh, a very good barometer in terms of you're going there and you're basically dictating the game at your own tempo. In the first half, we had fifty eight percent possession, which is quite a lot, and. Um, just, I think generally we didn't allow Millwall to do much, even though we didn't create loads of chances. We didn't allow Millwall to do much, and that's probably one of the reasons why we won. Yeah, no, no, I do agree. We we did play well, and but at the end of the game, we had more possession overall as well. Lots of shots from both sides. We did have more shots at the end as well, only by like a, a few, but over twenty shots in the game. Not many on target, though. Our only shot on target was Matty James's winner, but you know. It counts. Um, it's fine by me. <laughs> we get the win. Um, but yeah, I thought we prevented them the well. I feel like they invited uh, the pressure, but they didn't like, um, they kind of let us play with the ball um, and move forward a bit. But yeah, I, th- I thought we played well. And I thought we were, we looked like the side that was going to score first. And we, we just looked a bit better, a lot better than last week as well. Yeah. And the, centre-back partnership was one of the crucial reasons why. Um, in the uh, aftermath of the game, uh, you know how we obviously always uh, do a uh, man of the match on social media where mm-hmm. Bristol City um, chooses, uh, allow the fans to choose a man of the match. There was no Zach Viner on there, and I would say Zach Viner was the best player on the pitch by a mile. He was, uh, abs- yeah. he was absolutely brilliant. Like, just, 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 just a rock at the back. Again, he was brilliant against Preston. He was really good against Oxford in in the Cup in midweek. Had a few shaky moments, but generally looked really solid. And again, at, going away to Millwall, where you're going to be kind of challenged in the air, he was utterly brilliant. Like, just, just, just brilliant. Him and Rob Dickey look an absolute pairing at the back, which are kind of making the foundations of our defence really, really solid. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Viner's been so solid for us in the last year. Before that, everyone was questioning him being played and then he's proven everyone wrong and he's been just so consistent and his blocks and his tackles and he's just so solid and with with Dickie at the back as well. And I just think, well, well, yeah, he kept a clean sheet. He'll be happy with that. 
And no, he, he, yeah, he's just brilliant there. I, did, I I think they gave it to Massey James just because of the goal. Other than the goal, I thought Massey James was good. He was solid in the midfield, but it's kind of what you would expect from from him. But um, Viner really stood out for me and I, I think he deserved it as well. The timing of the goal, you would say some neutrals may look at it and go, oh, they were quite lucky there. Mm. We weren't quite lucky. We were we deserved the win. We were much better than Millwall on the day and we handled the pressure really well. We didn't allow them to have many shots, didn't allow them to do much. Just just generally, we looked far better. And obviously, the goal happens. The It is uh, literally a similar for goal to the one against Preston. Harry Cornick mm. comes on in the second half. And the one thing I did not expect from Harry Cornick to do this season was long throws. Um, yeah. And he's we've scored two goals in the league. Both have been as a result of Harry Cornick. Some may say unsustainable. I say actually brilliant. Add that to the locker. Um, yeah. Harry Cornick, long throw. We camp, we camp in their half. We put, we put pressure on them. It felt like something was happening. And Matty James said that after game as well. We felt like we were going to eventually score. Harry Cornick down the launches one in the box. I think it's Zach Viner with the flick on, is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Zach Viner with the flick off, a flick on, kind of flat in the air. Matty James, Zlatan esque, right, puts, puts a scissor kick right in the corner in front of the away end as well. Yeah. It's just the most perfect finish to the yeah. game. It's just you just you just love you have to love last minute winners at an away day. I mean, I went to QPR a few couple of years back now. That Naki Wells last minute winner, it just doesn't get better than that. The, the limbs were insane. Harry Cornick, he the funny thing, he looked at the fans as well before he was going to take that throw in and he smiled and he like knew he was about to pull something off and he did the exact same thing. Another flick on just like Preston and then it just landed perfectly to Matty James, sliced it bottom corner. Running to the way for it was it was perfect, but yeah, I thought I thought it was a good goal. I mean, we have to um, score other goals, I think, in the future, and we can't just rely on Harry Cornick's long throws. But um, no, it was it was a great goal for sure, and a deserved win. It's got us four points. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not complaining. If it's going to get us for four more points in the next two games, I'm not. I'm not complaining at all. No, just just generally, uh, even with the fact that you may say, you know, some people may say, oh, this is unsustainable. We can't keep relying on Harry Cornick's long throws to get us points. We should have got, we should have got a couple of goals before that. Remember, Anas Mometti uh, came on. By the way, the substitutes, Cal Nace with Anas Mometti and Harry Cornick changed the game yeah. massively. We, we, we dominated possession, but we didn't really create too many chances with our possession. Didn't really have, we didn't really capitalise on our territory. When Mametti and Naismith and Cornet came on, we were so much better. It looked, it felt like we were going to score. And Mametti had a chance. He took took on their centre back Hutchinson, cut inside and bent on right, just just mm-hmm. past the corner. Sam Bell had a chance, didn't he? Where he had the header, which which we uh, which I yeah. thought was which I thought was initially offside, but yeah, actually oh. he it kind of kind of fortunately fell for him, but. You'd say, yeah, for a striker, he should score there. He had more time than he realised. He just kind of flipped mm-hmm. on and went into the side netting. So we had chances even before that. We should have scored. So I'm not saying 
this was a lucky win and we kind of absorbed the pressure and were quite lucky and did a smash and grab, we were deservedly the winning side. Yeah. And we also had Jason Knight had a chance as well. He got he got the ball well in the midfield and then I think he slipped, but then it, it passed on to um Hornig, but that shot was blocked. But yeah, Matty James as well. But both Matty James and Anis, they did like kind of the same curling shot, trying to get it in that bottom right, but it just went wide. Um, but no, lots of chances created. I think we used our midfield a bit more today, um, yes, uh, on Saturday than against Preston. I think we could have done it a bit more. I feel like we play too wide. There were, so I felt like Knight could have dropped in a bit and we could have played through the midfield and created more chances. But overall, I think we did a lot better. And yeah, those subs had a big impact to the game. And when Hayden Roberts came on as well, and then Roberts and Anis had that link up again, just like with Oxford, it, it, it looked good. And well, the, the squad depth that we have now, even with some of our best players gone, um, it made me feel a lot more optimistic for for the games to come because this is going to be well, this is probably one of the hardest ones considering well they beat Middlesbrough, but they'll they're also playoff contenders. Well, we'll see, but probably no, no, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think they will be up there eventually, um, even if even with this loss, um, but. Just just looking at it now, we've played two games. You can't get carried away. We've got four points. But if we'd if we'd won at home to Preston and then drew one one away at um at Millwall, you'd have gone, brilliant, take that. But yeah. just because it's kind of the other way around, you kind of go, Oh, could have won that game, could have been on six yeah. points. You know, if we we were having nine minutes away from three points. It's a bit it's a bit it's a bit annoying and hopefully that ha- doesn't happen too many times a season because it happened a hell of a lot last season, and that's probably what cost us. A, that's probably what cost us a proper playoff push. The constant, oh, we could have got three points there if we'd held out for five more minutes. We would have been better this way. Oh, if we hadn't made that substitution, we would have got three points here. It's all just a bit. Hopefully, it's not a recurring theme because I genuinely think this squad right now, with Dicky, with a better Matty James, I'd say, with Jason Knight. I'd say this team is probably better equipped to see out a game than it is last season. Yeah, definitely. I, I do agree. I felt like we just kept the lack of concentration towards that last five minutes. Even the last two seasons, we conceded so many goals in added time that I worked out we could have been like seventh or something if we didn't like concede um, those goals in, in the dying stages of the game. But happened against Preston. I do think that was a bit different because they were definitely the better side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but I, what I'm saying is if we'd won that game, we would have gone, oh, we hadn't played brilliantly, but we got yeah. three points. And that's kind of what, you know, we need to do. We don't, we need to pick up points. We need to pick up more points when we're not playing that well. Yeah, no, no, it's true. And there was a similar like that in February, end of last season. We beat Norwich and they were pretty good. And then we drew against Wigan 0-0 or 1-1. 1-1, And yeah. we're like, we, we should have won the Wigan game, but we would have been happy with a draw against Norwich. It's like... But yeah, we want to capitalise on games when we're not playing too well. But today I felt like we, we kept concentration throughout the whole game and we kept fighting and we were solid. We are just solid. Every, everywhere on the pitch, I thought we were good. I thought Max was a lot better. That double save in the second half. Oh, yeah. Um, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it did go in, I'd, I think he should save it. Um, but it was still good. It was good to see. His distribution was a bit better as well. He did maybe like one or two bad goal kicks, but... Um, it's improvement. Um, and then, yeah, just the back line in general were, were great. It's just so solid and definitely a deserved clean sheet. 
Yeah, and uh, just 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 finally, Rob Dickey is just the most perfect partner, I'd say, to partner Zach Viner because we have the leadership of Zach Viner and the kind of aerial presence of him and just general composure. And then we have the passing range of Rob Dickey, the ability to carry the ball through, the ability to spread play through the thirds or out wide. I'd just say them two are absolutely brilliant. And our recruitment team, Brian Tinney and Nigel Pearson, have nailed it when it comes to them two as being the you know two centre-back partnerships because we look so much more solid. And on the ball, it was so much better than last season. I love Rob. I love Rob Atkinson. I love Zach Viner. But them two together, it sometimes looked a bit shaky because they were both quite similar in how they play. Rob's, I think, better at carrying the ball through, but sometimes he looked a bit uh, shaky. I think Zach Viner's better this season, I've got to say. I think he's better at leadership and all that. But it sometimes looked a bit off um, with them. And then we had to kind of slot in Tanner or Pring as then a back with Andy King at some at points. Um, yeah, and Thomas Callas and Thomas Callas when he was fit. But generally Rob Dickey outstanding, Zach Viner outstanding. If that's if they can if both of them can stay fit for the whole of the season and you know Zach Viner signs a new contract, we are laughing. Absolutely yeah. laughing because they are absolutely brilliant for us. They're great. Um and yeah I do think like Rob Atkinson did it last year as well. Moving forward with the ball as well. He he drives into the middle. That does happen with Vine as well. I think against Preston, he moved all the way up into the final third, third as well for a chance. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're great. And I think they'll do very well this season. I think obviously Rob Atkinson will be good when he's back. Maybe there'll be some rotation, but we do need backup because realistically, if something does happen to one of them, right now we have maybe Cal Naismith, but he said himself his and his position, I think, and the, what the fans think, midfield is the better option. Probably um, six or an eight, yeah, yeah, and I know he has been good as well. When he came on today, yeah, he changed the game, and I, but yeah, Viner Dickey is solid, and hopefully, we keep some more clean sheets then in the coming weeks. Yeah, um, I'd say that's a pretty, pretty good uh, review of the game. Uh, let us know your thoughts in the comments section. Just generally, we deserved the win, we were really, really solid defensively. Um, and we didn't fall apart when, when they had their chance, which is the most important thing. And Harry Cornick is not only the best long thrower in history, he's also the best blocker in history because he knew that block he oh, made yeah. at the end in the 81st, second minute of the Joe Bryan free kick. Um, he's oh, he's uh, Joe, Joe well, Bryan free kick. United, um... United with the Bristol City fans. That was interesting. I mean, half claps, half boos. Some chance towards his mother. Um, but, um, yeah, no, it was. I felt like, yeah, it was an interesting encounter with him again. And then he had a little bit of a connection with George Tanner, and he accused him of diving to the referee, which is pretty, pretty funny. Like <laughs> Gesturing like that, exactly. Um, no, but he got what he, he lost the game, and now I think, yeah, we're sitting ahead of them in the table. So, well, for now, it's two but, games in, but I'm yeah. taking it. Uh, and, now, also, think, but, yeah. and also, I have to say, it's a great three points on you know foreign land. It's a brilliant, brilliant three points um, abroad. Abroad, from, uh, abroad, abroad. It's a it's a brilliant three points abroad, isn't it, Joe? Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, I'll I'll stop. I won't I won't tease Joe Brown anymore. Um, right, where are we, we're moving to transfers next. We've talked about the Millwall game. 
in quite a lot of depth. Um, yeah, transfers. We've we'll start with the big one first, or big one. I mean, the one that's got the mo- most uh, material to it, and that's George Thomason of Bolton. I mentioned this in the last podcast at the end mm-hmm. because it was, he was kind of being linked somewhat. He was being considered, but now a bid has gone in, an offer has been made, and apparently it's worth up to a million pounds for Bolton's... He doesn't even start for Bolton. Didn't even start in the first game when there were no links. And he started against Barrow. He did well, but it's Barrow. I mean, they're League Two. Um, I can't can't help but being a bit underwhelmed by this. Yeah, it's not very great. I think the recruitment we've done so far across this whole calendar year as well, and this, quite unexpressionable, but... um, uh, and what we've done this this summer as well with um, well we haven't seen McCrory yet but well, obviously Dicky we've talked about his partnership with Viner be interesting maybe he'll prove us all wrong and he'll be the new Alex Scott but um, just based off the fact that like you said he's their third choice and we're paying a million I mean we do have a bit of money now but I think there might be better options out there but you know you can I'll try I trust the recruitment team and well we'll see if it does go through and he does accept it we'll see what happens. No, he's played. Uh, he's come off the bench twice uh, for Bolton this season so far. Last season, when they got to the playoffs, he played twenty games, made thirteen starts. Um, and for Bolton side, you know, in League One, who were quite good last season, I have to say, but in League One, uh, you'd hope if Bristol City are coming, you'd hope that he's a bit more, you know, established in their side. He wasn't really. And from what I've heard on social media, he's a bit of a lightning lightning rod there. He's a bit more, bit of a scapegoat for criticism uh, when things aren't going well. But he is only 21. He's only 21. He can definitely improve. I think if he comes in, we just, just can't expect him to hit the ground running straight away. He might have to take time to bed in, you know, age 21. He's been at Bolton for a while now. Uh, so... We can't expect him to come and hit the ground running straight away. And if fans expect that, well, then then just 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 don't, just because that's not going to happen. There's also also not an Alex Scott replacement in the slightest because he's not yeah. he's not an attacking midfielder, but he's not a defensive midfielder, so he's kind of an eight. Uh, that's 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 where he is. He's got he's from what I've heard, love energy quite he's quite bulked up now uh, from last season. He's shown promise. But some Bolton fans are saying he's not even ready for League One, let alone the Championship, yeah. which is uh, which is quite concerning. But as you said, I trust I trust the recruitment team on this. I trust Nigel Pearson's judgment. I trust Brian Tinian's judgment. If this comes off and we've uh, scooped him up for a million, and he in a couple of years' time he's had a brilliant season, brilliant. Sell him on for twenty five million. Uh, <laughs> that's that's kind of the, that's kind of the objective here. Uh, you know, for a, for a club like us, where where we don't have parachute payments, we need to produce youngsters and we need to produce ple- uh, players who are young and willing to improve their game and generally grow in value. Because and then sell them on because that's the only yeah. way we're going to progress. That that is the way we progress. But I feel like we don't invest enough back into the squad. We have twenty five million now, but with this wage um, cap on the budget, 
we there's I just don't see how we're going to progress. Like Nigel Pearson said, we're not investing into like quality players who are championship ready and are going to get us there. Like yes, we got Dicky; he's a very championship experienced player, but like enough now that Alex Scott has been sold, enough to make that big push towards the Premier League. That is realistically the aim now, and um, I think if we don't get at least top ten this season, either Nigel Pearson. Um, gets fired or he might leave himself if he's not because he's not clearly recently not been too happy with the way things have been handled but yeah if, if there's promise in this youngster from Bolton um might it won't start straight away of course but over the next two seasons might improve we might see a a good player in him but yeah if we do sign him I'd still want another midfielder or maybe we explore the loan market I know that's not Pearson's favor but it might be what we have to resort to yeah, I I agree with all that. I don't, I don't think he's starting in this midfield ahead of ahead of Williams, James, or Knight either. Um, with Naismith in the fold as well, um, will probably be a backup for this season. Uh, next season, if he shows enough promise and, and, and uh, impresses enough in training, we saw with we saw with Alex Scott, didn't we? We we uh, he showed he showed that he can he can do it at championship level in the last few games of that. Of that horrendous lockdown season, and then and then uh, and then got a team in the first, got a place in the first team, and uh, hasn't really looked back since. So yeah, I'd I'd I trust Pearson and the recruitment team on this, but I have my reservations because if we're signing a top 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 uh, player in League One, who's a really you know solid uh, player and can make the step up to Championship, and is young and has salon value. I'd be all over this. For example, in Bolton's midfield as well, they have Aaron Morley, who's absolutely brilliant. Uh, was absolutely brilliant in League One last season. Has started this season in on fire as well. So you know, it's players like that where we want to invest young, but have impressed in the division below, and can make the step up realistically. I have my reservations, but I think I think you got to trust them. Uh, I think that's yeah. probably a fair judgment so far because we, we've nailed the recruitment so far. I also want to touch on Yeboah from the the game as well. He did make his debut against Oxford. Looks like a very fast player. Another good youngster. He's only 17 as well. And then he's given already his championship debut as well. So I think they see quite a lot of him. But yeah, what do you think of his his little cameo? For the for the goal, um, it was Mil- it was quite funny actually. Um, it was Millwall fans complaining on Twitter that he he kind of pushed their defender over as to, to allow Zach Vine to get the flick on. It wasn't a push. It was mm. just it was just pure physical play. Uh, it was really good in the air. Um, yeah, he looks he looks a talent. Is he Italian? I think I believe you, Boa. He's quite good. Uh, if I hope he has a bit of uh, Italian in him. Uh, that, that reflects on the pitch. That's brilliant. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always hard, isn't it, for a striker to come on and um, at such a young age and uh, kind of set so the championship alike. He may not be ready yet. Uh, we saw with Set Palmer, uh, Palmer Holden, didn't we? Uh, he kind of got slowly introduced. He kind of got with the lads in terms of training sessions, but then went out on loan to Newport. And there's two games, three, three games there. has been brilliant for them so far. Uh, so yeah. Um, maybe we look at a loan. Maybe this season is kind of a settling in period, and he doesn't really get many starts. But a few sub appearances improves 
trains with the first team and then gets a loan move and gets consistent game time. That maybe even in January we might be looking at him to looking at loading him out. But yeah, I think generally it's good good to, that we get you know more players from the academy getting first team minutes because I think that's 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 the main aim. Uh, you know, yeah. improving players, getting getting them to a high value value mark and, and selling them. So yeah, you you were at the game. What do you think of him? Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about, growing academy players and just having homegrown players playing for the first team. That's what everyone wants to see and is really nice. But yeah, he came on. I mean, he runs. He, he runs a lot. He's, he's fast as well. And he was well, pressing a lot. He got the ball a couple of times. I mean, getting used to it, it's like really thrown into the deep end. Mill the den, your first championship um, debut. But I, th- I think he's promising. I think he could be like a Semenyo type striker. He, he looked decently strong but like that would be brilliant if that eventually uh, comes to that but other youngsters Omar Taylor-Clark and Marley Francois I don't know where they are right now or what, what's happened because well, they've Omar, Ta- they- Omar, Ta- Omar Taylor-Clark doesn't have a squad number and yeah so doesn't Marley Francois and I found that bizarre really because they're two really good players and look look quite promising Exactly, because I think, yeah, especially near the end of last season as well, OTC played a lot of, uh, a, quite a decent amount of minutes in the midfield, and he looked decent enough. But I don't know, they haven't sent him on loan or anything. So, I mean, that'll be interesting to see where, I, where that goes. I suspect we might see a loan deal soon for them, uh, to yeah. be honest with that He might, Taylor Clark might go to League One, and um, Francois might go to League Two. I think that might be, might be, might be the way. But yeah, it's good to see Yaboa get on the pitch. We've been having linked with George Thomason. Uh, two players who we've been kind of tamely linked with, but still we have to mention them, is Max Bird from Derby and Callum Styles, uh, with a bit more substance uh, with the Callum Styles one, uh, from Barnsley. I'll, talk, I'll, I'll touch on Max Bird first. Absolutely brilliant midfielder in League One. Absolute Rolls-Royce of a midfielder. Really, really good. Uh, can play as a six, can play as an eight. He's just, he likes to cause havoc, as my Derby friend has said. He uh, was absolutely brilliant for them yesterday uh, in their win at Burton, where they won 3-0. And just generally looks a really solid player and has played in the in the championship before. So I think he can he can um, make, definitely make a step up comfortably. Yeah. Callum Styles has been here before and been quite successful. Barnsley, Barnsley's playoff campaign, he was absolutely instrumental playing a left wing back and or in centre midfield. Absolutely brilliant. Can, can Really good going forward. Decent defensively. As I said, flexible in terms of playing in midfield or at left wing back. Generally a really good player. Spent last season out on Mill, on loan at Millwall. Uh, got a few, got got decent game time, but I don't think it was enough to convince Millwall to buy him for, for £2 million, which is what the prices uh, we're, we're linked with. Uh, Coventry are also interested, um, which I'm not surprised about. But yeah, what are your thoughts on them and them two players? Because it's a centre mid, it's another centre midfielder, and it's kind of a left wing backy centre midfielder. But I suspect he'll be in playing centre midfield. Yeah, because I don't think we need a left wing back right now. We don't we don't play in that five back anymore. We're now kind of um, solid at that four at the back, and now that we do have two left backs, probably in the midfield. But yeah, I do like the look of Max Bird, and I think uh, just a midfield like he's more. Well, well known and obviously more established than Thomason, who's who plays for Bolton. But um, no, it'd be good to get. I think midfield is the pace that we need to strengthen more than striker, in my opinion. Um, 
Mm. Well, and I think a lot of Bristol City fans would agree. It's also been said that we are looking to get a striker in this month, which would be quite a statement of intent, really, and kind of a show that, um, well, your place is not guaranteed in the squad because we're getting more players in in that position. We're quite, quite um, stacked up front. Cornick, Bell, Mehmeti, Sykes, Conway when he's back, Naki Wells. And Yeboah now as well. So we're quite yeah. stacked there. So if we get another forward in, that's quite... Well, it might be saying, you, well, we don't really need one, but it's quite a statement of intent, I'd say. Yeah, it is. But if we do get a striker or um, a forward as well as a midfield, that would be ideal. I don't see us making more than two more signings, to be honest. I think it would either be one or two. But um, yeah, we, we saw Sam Bell on Saturday uh, well, against Millwall play up front once... Cornick came on because then Cornick went to the right. Mimetti, yeah, Mimetti to, to striker. I thought he was decent. I didn't think he had a lot of a lot of. So I think what we're trying to say is Mimetti went off to the left and Bell went up front, and yes. Harry Cornick went to the right. Yeah, um, so yeah, strike off. But yeah. Um, I thought Bell was uh, was decent. He had, like you said, that header chance was okay. It was, I mean, yeah, he had a bit more time. He could have uh, finished that off, but he didn't have too many chances to play off of. But I thought, yeah, he thought he had a decent game. But he will be playing a quite a lot this season, I think. But Mimetti did look strong again. I think he's looked a bit better, and he could come into contention. But I do see. Um, well, to be fair, who do you think will will be starting on Saturday against Birmingham? Um, well. I'd still think it'd be Sam Bell off the left, uh, to be honest. Um, up top, it'll be Naki Wells. Yeah. Um, on the right, probably Harry Cornick. Probably, yeah, ha- yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd say it's probably Harry Cornick. Um, because Birmingham and, won it, yesterday as well against um, Leeds. Leeds, a, lot, a late penalty it was. Yeah. And what was their result in the opening day? 1-1 uh, away at Swansea. Okay. So yeah, so they look good. A lot of people are, yeah, same points as us, and a lot of people counting them as dark horses this season. Obviously, with the takeover and and everything that's happened there, but that should be a close game as well. We are at home, and off the back of um, well, our win, where well, they won as well, of course. But it should be a good game. But yeah, I'd still want Sykes. I think Cornick's a good substitute, but it's it's a close call, and I I think Pearson would go for Cornick. But yeah, I think Pearson. I think Pearson likes Cornick more to be honest than Sykes, and I don't really know why because they're they're two different players, but they play in the same position, so it's quite a bit like, well, whatever game, whatever team you're playing, uh, because because of the fact that Birmingham's fullbacks Buchanan and Laird get up the pitch quite a lot, I think we might go with Sykes just because it was, uh, well, Harry Cornick quite quick, quick too, but but Sykes's um technical ability might be able to unlock the defence a bit more. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about Birmingham now, I suppose. Uh, it's it's going to be a tough test. I, it, this time, if you'd said, if you told me this time last season we're playing Birmingham third game, I'd have said, yeah. absolutely, absolutely must win this. This time, though, they've got the takeover. Uh, Tom Brady's somehow in, involved <laughs> in the club. Uh, it's just uh, such a different feeling around St Andrews. There's, such more, there's so much more positivity. Uh, and generally... They look a much better side as well. I had them finishing 18th. They're not finishing 18th. They're finishing top half, I think. Um, 
I, I underestimated I that. Or something. Uh, I had that because I knew they'd improve a bit. But yeah, for the last few seasons, they've just been hanging around that like 18. Literally, that's all they... The only place they finish him, but yeah, they, they look a lot more promising this season, and it will be a really tight game. It'll, I think it'll be a good game as well. But yeah, no, I, th- I think I think it should be two teams who are kind of progressing and improving as 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 teams and as clubs. So yeah, it should be, it should be a good game. Uh, predicted team, same back four, same goalkeeper, uh, same midfield three. I'd say uh, unless Cal Naismith makes a impression, but I'd say same midfield three. Yeah. Up top, up top, up top. I'd go with Cornick on the right, Bell and Wells, in my opinion. So one change I'd make. Uh, yeah, I agree as well. I think it'll be exactly like that. What was what was interesting is in the matchday squad against Mill, um, Stefan Bajic was on the bench, and he hasn't really been in any matchday squad uh, over uh, Harvey Wells Richards. And I think a lot of people are thinking, oh, I think he's where we got him, and it will be like. Who's that? What was his name again? That um, yeah, Hiken. That was really strange. Could be another one of those situations. But what I've seen of Seven Bajic, he doesn't seem too bad. I know he was in League Two, but I saw some clips and he made some good saves. Hope maybe he can get a chance. If maybe if QPR win, um, maybe he'll get a chance. But um, yeah, won in the, in uh, yesterday as well. They beat um Cardiff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd think I'd I'd say I'd agree with you. If we if we get QPR in the cup, not Norwich, we probably play Stefan Beach. Um, yeah, but apart from that, uh, from Birmingham, actually, yeah, I know, I know, I'd I no, I'd say Hayden Roberts starts every campering. To be honest, I think okay. I think he starts every campering. Um, probably for me, for me, I'd say. Would you? Who would you start again at left back? Um. Think about it. We had a good game against Birmingham last time. That four-two victory. I was, I was there. Yeah. It was mental. It was the, one of the craziest games I've, I've seen in a while. Spring had an absolute blind as well. He was great. He was so game. good. So good. I would. I think it's like going to Millwall, like being in the Championship. They have every physical side at the Den. Pring was the right decision, but no, I do agree. I think Hayden Roberts could start. And then, but yes, but then with his link up with Mimetti as well, it's interesting. Um, to be to be honest, I think Hayden Roberts' technical quality and his confidence going forward now is probably the right probably the right call to play him against two really attacking fullbacks in, in for Birmingham. I'd, yeah. I'd I'd go with that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see that. Yeah, there's a couple positions around the field where there will be some hard decisions for Pearson this season, but. <laughs> That's that's good because we have the yeah, depth exactly. and the quality to now really say, oh well, okay, Matty James scored the winner last week, but he wasn't very good, so we can just take him out. If that if that happened, if that happened, for example, that was just a hypothetical situation. I thought Matty James was really good, but mm-hmm. um, if 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 Matty James didn't play well, um, we can go. All oh, right, it doesn't matter. You're the captain. You're going out because Cal Naismith is coming in, and he's you know been brilliant in this division before. Up top, I've said the quality we have there um, previously. Left back now, even at right back when Ross McCrory comes back, we're, we're really good there. Centre back, um, Naismith can drop in. Well, we have a fine there. We have Araoye, who's um, who's now you know uh, kind of established in the squad. So we have some we have some options there uh, all over the pitch. 
apart from maybe goalkeeper uh, right yeah. now, uh, and maybe even striker with Conway's injury. But apart from that, we looked really st- stacked. And whatever whatever lineup he goes with, Pearson, I'll be happy with. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm, I am now fully on HMS. What if he puts Andy King at centre back? Okay, then I might throw my ticket in the bin. But uh, uh, but I'm fully on board with HMS Pistol League on with with Nigel Pearson. I think I think we're going up. Um, yeah. just, okay. Well, before we go, uh, your score prediction for Birmingham. Okay. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It'll be a very tight game, both off the back of one nil wins. Um, I think we've got a strong team, and I'm going to be more positive. People kind of got onto us for saying that we were going to lose against Mill. Um, but no, I, I'm I'm gonna go for a win, and I'm gonna go for another clean sheet as well. Keep I'm gonna I'm gonna go for another one nil victory at home. No, that's 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 beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. Give I me think, a one nil. Give me a clean sheet. Um, I think it'll be a tight game. I think it'll be similar to um to the Millwall game, and I think we'll just edge it um to score Jason Knight. Oh, that that'd be beautiful. Um. I'm. I can't. I don't know what I'll do. But Birmingham are good, though. Oh, but Birmingham are good. Um. Honestly, I don't want to be pessimistic, but I'd take a point right now. I think I'd take a point. Uh, they're they're a good side, and I think they'll be in the top half, in my opinion. Um, despite my uh, prediction of 18th. Um. I'll go with a one-one draw. I'll take a point. I'll yeah. take a point. Um, uh, who do we have after Holloway? Don't we? Um, Holloway on a Friday night. If we go to Hull and get a point as well, I'd honestly take that. Uh, I know yeah. that's three. I, I know that's three draws in four games, but it's it's it's. Uh, it's you know what? No, 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 no. Stop. No, screw that. I'm, we're winning against Birmingham. I'm winning. We're winning two-one. Uh, uh, I'll take a point at Hull. Um, Forever the pessimist. I'll t- we're winning against Birmingham, two um, one, and for goal scorers, you said Jason Knight. Uh, I'll go Rob Dickey to do a do a do what he did at QPR. Run to the edge of the box, smack one in the clock top corner uh, in front of the south stand. Uh, do that, and I'll go with uh, Naki Wells. I think he's due a goal. Um, yeah, yeah, and for Birmingham, I don't particularly care. Uh, I don't. I don't really care about me. Whoever we're winning anyway, boys. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. That's that's it. Let us know your score predictions in the comment section below. Um, unless it's a Birmingham win, uh, I'm not responding to it. We're not responding to it. Um, no, no. That that didn't make sense. Unless it's a Bristol City win, we're not responding to it. Um, uh, yeah. There we go. Um, I've fumbled. I've fumbled in 43 minutes. Um, yeah, thank you guys very much for watching this uh, podcast episode. Uh, if you have stuck around so far, might as well drop a like, hit subscribe, and yeah, you can check us out on Spotify, on other podcasts, uh, on your usual podcast things as well. Apple, uh, we're on that. Um, and yeah, uh, generally, thank you very much for watching this. Uh, if you're going to Birmingham, if you're going to the Birmingham game, absolutely brilliant. Uh, hopefully, I'll see you there. Um, I'll be going. Uh, Matisse, will you be going to Birmingham? No, I'm not available for that game, but I'll be watching on Robin's TV. Um, but yeah, TV, I'm going to yeah. put it below. We'll be doing another podcast, and Dan, our third member, will finally be joining us as well, which will be good, get some more insights when he'll be available. But yeah, 
It's been it's been a pleasure. Been an absolute pleasure. Subscribe and we'll catch you all later. Cheers. See you guys. Say bye, Matisse. Goodbye.